terms of tune, in terms of looking back to see it afterwards. Yeah. I see that here as well. I mean, you get the good hits on, uh, on your Friday morning show. Yeah. Okay, anytime you're ready. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, the computer's ready. I know you're ready. Recording in progress. Morning, everyone. Good Erev Shabbat. In this week's Parsha Valotcha, we have the Birchat Kohanim. It's interesting that the Torah did not leave the Birchat Kohanim up to the Kohanim. One would say, the mitzvah is to bless the Jewish people. So let every Kohen bless the Jewish people as he sees fit, depending on the time, depending on the circumstance, depending upon the location, depending on all the variants that we have in life. But the Torah says, Ko Lohem, this is what you should say. Fifteen words. And it's for all time and for all circumstances. Now the Ashkenazic custom is that in the, the diaspora outside of Eretz Israel, uh, the Kohanim do not recite the blessings except on the holidays. The Musaf of the holidays. The Svardim, there are communities that recite it every day, like being in Eretz Israel. There are those that recite it on Shabbat, And there are those that follow the Ashkenazi custom as well. Why don't we say Birchat Kohanim in the exile? One would say that if there ever was a place where we needed Birchat Kohanim, 
It's Los Angeles. It's outside of Eretz Yisrael. Yet we don't say Birchat Kohanim. So there are many reasons advanced. But the main reason is because outside Eretz Yisrael uh, there is no uh, true simcha. There's no true happiness and joy because there's always an underlying feeling that we're strangers, that we're not home. And the mitzvah of the Kohanim, and they say it in their uh, bracha, is to bless the Jewish people with love. It's not enough to say the words. You have to do it with love. And our rabbis teach us that love is an emotional state that one achieves only when one, so to speak, has a sense of simcha within the within himself or herself. The mere fact that I love you, or that I have someone to love, or that I receive love, automatically puts me into a state of simcha. In the exile, that simcha is not possible. So therefore, it will always be lacking biyahava. If it's lacking biyahava, then uh, it's better not to do it. That's a strange concept. Because we have a uh, discussion in the Gemara whether or not mitzvah srich is kavona or not. Does intent count when you do a mitzvah? And the Gemara at the conclusion says mitzvah say non srich is kavona. They don't need kavona to be outside a mitzvah. Certainly we want you to have kavona intent. We want you to, to know what you're doing. We don't want you to do things at random. But the bare requirement of the mitzvah is just that you do it. So if you walk by the dining room table on the first day of Sukkot and your esrig and lulav are lying on the table and you absentmindedly want to move it So you pick it up. Well, you did the mitzvah already. Even that was not your intent. And you didn't say Yerotzon. And you didn't say L'Shem Yichud. You didn't do anything. You took all the drama out of the mitzvah. But mitzvah say don't kavona. Mitzvah don't, don't need kavona. So what's wrong with the kohanim? So many say that that's the origin of the Sephardic custom, that they duchen, that they uh, say berchas kohanim, 
even in Morocco or Spain or Iraq or Iran, Yemen, even though they are not the Simcha, and even though the Ahava is deficient, but Mitzvah is right? They say, you know, Yevarechichos, good, fine, good enough. So what about the Ashkenazim? So the this is a discussion in Halacha. So the Achronim say that by Birchas Kohanim, Ahava is not a side issue. It is part of the mitzvah itself. Like, for instance, if I pick up the Esrig without the Luv, I'm not Yotze. I only did a partial mitzvah. In order to do a full mitzvah, so I have to pick up the Luv as well. Well, in order to do a full mitzvah of Birchus Kohanim, I have to do it diavo. And if I don't do it diavo, I didn't do the mitzvah. If I didn't do the mitzvah, then why should we go through the whole thing? Take God's name in vain, so to speak. So those are the two streams of thought regarding Berchaz Kohanim. It's also interesting that uh, Birchas Kohanim is given to every Kohen regardless of the uh, scholarship or piety of the Kohen. Now we have a custom that Kohanim that are not Sabbath observers uh, should not duchen. However, the Achronim all say that if it would be a source of embarrassment, in other words, everybody knows he's a Kohen. And if he doesn't go up to Duchen, it would be noticeable. So even though he's not the Kohen that we would wish him to be, he nevertheless can participate in Birchaz Kohanim. I was a rover in Miami Beach. So uh, there was a very wealthy woman that lived in our neighborhood who was a member of the synagogue. She was a widow. Her husband left her millions and millions. And because she was such a wealthy woman, everybody thought she was eccentric instead of crazy. But she was a special lady. And uh, my wife and I had a lot to do with her. We uh, took care of her. In fact, unbelievable. You know, I spoke to a bunch of Rebbitsons at one time. And I told them, you know, that uh, my wife used to go and give this woman a bath. 
I said, are you prepared to do that? Because if you're not, then you shouldn't be in the business. So in any event, uh, when it came to Birchas Kohanim, on Yom Tov in our shul in Miami Beach, this lady would walk out. So the first time it happened, so maybe she had to go outside, and you know, you don't know what's doing with people. But after a period of time, after a year or two, it became obvious that that was her pattern. She was making a statement. So I said to her, Mrs. So-and-so, why don't you stay in for Birchat Kohanim? Get the blessings of the Lord. And she said to me, I'm going to let those schnorrers bless me. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, one of the ideas that the Mephorshim say is that's why the Kohanim cover themselves with their talit so you don't see who the Kohen is that's blessing because it may be somebody you know that snorer is going to bless me so what is the blessing God should bless you. The truth of the matter in life, uh, it's very hard to uh, define what's a blessing. Many times in life, things happen to us that we feel to be negative. Not a good thing. And it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to us. It saved our lives. It it, uh, allowed us to meet our spouse. All sorts of things happen. So who defines what a bracha is? Chazal say, famous uh, idea, that Avram Avinu dies at 175. Yitzchok lives to 180. So the Medrash says that Avram Avinu was also supposed to live to 180. But that the Lord took him five years early, so to speak, so that he wouldn't have to see Esav already in his... Thank you. Wow. Hey, is evil ways. I'm trying to find you. They're copying 50 for 4. But they don't have any 15. 14, that's the highest. So is... Uh, passing away five years earlier than one is supposed to. Is that a blessing? Chazal held that it was. 
in God's terms, it was a blessing. Abraham didn't have to suffer to see his grandchild as a murderer, as a rapist, as an idolater. So, Hashem, God should bless you. God knows what's a blessing. There's a famous uh, bad joke. Those are the ones I love. That Shatchan uh, came to uh, a young man and he said, I have a girl that I want to propose for you. So he said, oh, well, tell me about it. So he said, well, uh, she has a speech impediment. So the young man said, well, that's not such a good thing. So the shotgun said, no, that's a great thing. It's a mindless. She doesn't talk much, you know. <laughs> what else? He said, you know, she's uh, slightly physically impaired with her hands. They don't move well. So the boy said, well, that's not such a good thing. Shadchan said, no, it's a great thing. She, she'll never strike you. She'll never be violent with you. So he said, what else? So he said, well, you know, she's bent over. She, she has a spinal issue. She can't stand straight. So he said, that's not so good. So the Shatran said, a girl that has so many good qualities, you can't afford one bad one. <laughs> so how do we define all of these things? One man's liability is someone else's asset. So only the Rebellish Law knows. famous uh, anecdote regarding the Chafetz Chaim is that the Jew came to him and complained. He said, Rebbe, it, it wouldn't hurt me if I had another uh, hundred ruble a week. And the Chafetz Chaim answered him, how do you know it wouldn't hurt you? There are people who uh, when they make a a year are wonderful people and they make a half a million a year they're unbearable so you don't know what a blessing is so that's Hashem. may God bless you because that's a true blessing v'yishmerecha and he should guard you. Chazal say, shomrim. I have established for you guards. You know, we have now all the public officials need security. The United States the Supreme Court justices. You have to have protection. 
But the Bali Musa said, who protects you from yourself? That's the issue. That's the peel that we say on Yom Kippur, Omnam Yetzer Solchein Bon. Is it not true that evil dwells within us? So I can hire all of the security in the world, but that will not protect me from what is within me. So when we say, V'yishmarecha, God should guard us, we are not only talking about external dangers, not just about the society and the environment and all the other things that are going on that are dangerous beyond words, but we're talking about ourselves. Should give me the strength to guard myself. Because I'll say, for instance, that uh, that's why uh, we were created with having lips and uh, teeth before we get to the tongue. That's to prevent us from misusing speech. So we have erected barriers to the speech teeth, our lips. And Shlomo Melech said, David says in Tehillim too, that God, I have established for you guards. That's the mitzvahs. It's all to guard us. And it's to guard us from ourselves, not from others. Then it says, Yisha Hashem Puno Velecha Vichuneka. So there's something called the face, head on, face to face. So we live in a time like I'm talking into this machine now. I'm not talking face to face to hundreds of people. There's no human interaction. Chazal say that the Jewish people, when they saw that Moshe's face was illuminated, Kikoran or Ponov Shal Moshe, that was, so to speak, the thing that sealed the deal. Then they understood what Torah was. Torah can make your face light up. So, with the Birchas Kohanim, we, so to speak, deal face-to-face with the Rabbi Shalom. Because we're not dependent 
on our talents and on our abilities. We say, it's up to you, God. And the blessing is v'chuneko. He should give you chayn. Chayn is an indefinable term. Chayn is a feeling of pleasantness, of accomplishment, of uh, achieving something. Remember, uh, there was a certain young man that was courting a girl, and the uh, father of the girl was not that impressed with the young man. But the mother-in-law, future mother-in-law, she wanted it, and she convinced her husband and they got married, and they really lived happily ever after. And they had a wonderful family and everything. So I once asked the mother, uh, what did she see that the father didn't see? And she said to me, in Yiddish, she said, Eret gehat chen. He had chen. He had this gift of being a pleasant, good person. He sensed it immediately. So Chazal says, People like to live in the city that they were in. It has a certain chayn to it. Person's spouse has a chain to him. The Rabbana Shalom should give us the gift of chain. The gift of chain allows for tolerance. It allows for, you know, you can love your wife, you can love your husband. But every human being has a quirk. Nobody is perfect. What overcomes that? So that's what Chazal said. There's a sense of chayn. That covers it over. That makes life bearable. Makes it tolerant. I think part of the problem, again, I don't want to uh, digress too far, but part of the political problem that exists here in Israel, and that certainly exists in the United States, is that no one has chain. There's no one there that I would want to go to dinner with as a person. And uh, because of that, so therefore it's a little raucous. And then the final bracha, Yisro Hashem Pono Ve'lecha Ve'yosem Lecha Shalom. 
God should raise you. His face will raise you. And he'll give you shalom. Chazal say, last Mishnah, in Uktsin, Momotza HaKadosh Baruch Hu Keli Marzik Brocha Ela HaShalom God could not find a vessel that could contain all the blessings of life except for Shalom. Shalom is a vessel. I think I've mentioned it to you before. And when I first came to Israel, which is over 60 years ago, so it was a time in Israel that they didn't give you a bag at the grocery store. Today you got to buy one. But... So you have to come with your own sow, with your own basket. I'm coming from Miami Beach. I don't know anything. And uh, my supermarket in Miami Beach, even then, they bagged it for you and they carried it out to the car for you. You don't have to do anything. So I bought, uh, I went into the Makola, I bought 10, 12 items. I paid them. And the 10, 12 items are on the counter. And he says, no. I said, ma. He said, hey, for a sal, where's your basket? I said, loyadati, loyveti, I don't know any brand. Take it away, forget it. You know, I'll get the next customer. So you don't have to put my yogurt in the pocket and this in the shirt and then I'm walking like this. So I thought to myself, that's Kaylee Mousik Brocha, right? I got a lot of brochas, but I have no way to take it home. I have no way to carry it. You always need a Kaylee Mousik Brocha. And Chazal say the same thing on the Posik. Yiras Hashem Hiyo Tzoro. So Chazal say, Emuna Sitecha, Emuna Seder Zroim, Itecha Seder Moed, Chosen Seder Noshin, Yishecha Seder Nezikin. Taharas, Kochim, Igan Gansjas. You know the entire Torah. But you can't take it, but they haven't got a bag for it. Yiras Hashem, he owns If you have Yiras Hashem, then you got a bag, you can take it all. If there's no Yiras Hashem, you never take it home. It doesn't belong to you. So by Birchas Kohanim, Sholom, that's the Bracha. Misha, Shalom, Shalom. The Rabboni Shalom is Shalom. The Shalom is also Meloshim Shlemus. It's perfection. 
It's a whole, it's a harmony, it's not separate pieces. Somehow it all fits together. Chazal said that uh, this world is, uh, you know, it's like a, a puzzle here. So you can buy a 500-piece puzzle, 1,000-piece puzzle, buy a 10,000-piece puzzle. I once saw somebody that had a puzzle that filled up his entire room. But if you buy a 1,000-piece puzzle and you put 950 pieces together, you have a terrible frustration because the puzzle is not complete. And if it's not complete, then, so to speak, you feel incomplete. But life, to a great extent, is a puzzle, a gigantic puzzle. And we have to somehow put it together. So that's the idea of shalom, of an inner harmony within oneself. Harmony with the outside, the ability somehow to deal with so many disparate things and not be overwhelmed by it. So that's the bracha that the Kohanim give to us. That's what they bestow upon us. And therefore, when we say Amen, uh, we accept their blessing and we pray that it will be fulfilled in the way that Kaviyochel, the Rabboni Shalom, wants it to be fulfilled. And that's one of the uh, great, great things about Trila B'Tzibur, is that we're so glad to have Birchaz Kohani. So Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Thank you. And stay cool. <laughs>